Everybody, this is the Drunken UX Podcast, and this is episode number 69, where we are going to be talking with the co-founder of online learning and coding platform, Exorcism.io, though we're just going to call it Exorcism from here on out, but I want to throw it in there just for the start, because that is where you have to go if you want to find it. Uh, we that's, have talked about the, it. That's on the internet. It is on the internet. That is the one place where you do have to go to find it. Um, uh, we've mentioned it. I was just going to say, and it's important at this stage early to explain that this isn't about exorcisms. I like to get yes. this in there early as well, because people do often just drop off podcasts very early if this isn't explained. So, um, yeah, exorcism with an E, not exorcism with an O. And I have stories. Um, anyway. No, no, I, I like it because there are many times where we have to get the demons out of our systems. So This um, is how you practice that, right? Exactly. Some people call them notes, ghosts in the machine, but given <laughs> the nature of some of the bugs that I've chased, uh, they're, be they're that kind much, of show, is it? <laughs> much meaner than that. Folks, I am your host, Michael Feenan. I'm your other other host, Aaron Hill. How you doing, Michael? I'm doing all right. It's about 3,000 degrees here in Kansas Same. today. It is the middle of the afternoon when we are recording because, as you heard, we've got a guest with us this afternoon. Um, so we've aligned our clocks for a little bit of an overseas trip. As a result, I am not drinking anything super fancy today because I've got work left to do today, but, um, I'm enjoying a nice cold Pepsi. That's, I think, acceptable for, I think, this, uh, this show. So I'm going to take that and run with it. I, I have, as you both can see, this is a blended drink. It has some rum, some pineapple juice, some creamy coconut, some blue curacao, some triple sec, and a bunch of ice, and it is tasty. Is is this the same thing you described a couple shows ago? The, I think it is. Yeah, uh, yeah. The the blue slushy. Uh, it's yeah, very yeah. Blue. It, it has the blue. consistency of an icy. Yeah. Mm. Folks, if you want to find us, you can check us out on Twitter or Facebook. You can find us at slash drunken ux on either of those plat platforms. Uh, run by Instagram slash drunken ux podcast. Uh, or if you want to catch us and chat with us online, just go to drunkenux.com slash discord. That'll give you, give you an invite straight into our little discord channel, and you can find us there. What am I forgetting, Aaron? Does that cover everything? I think that covers I everything. I believe so. I think that covers yes. everything. That's it. I uh, think the show's over, right? I'm, it. Uh, we're done. <laughs> I can get back to vacuuming my, my dirty house. <laughs> uh, joining us this evening is the co-founder of Exorcism and also... Uh, the employee well-being platform Kaido. His name is Jeremy Walker. Jeremy, you are coming to us from all the way over in the UK. Thank you for uh, bearing with us as we found the time that worked for everybody. <laughs> we really appreciate you joining us this evening and for taking the time out of your career over the last few years to create this uh, pretty incredible platform uh, to help folks like Aaron and I yeah. learn how to do our job. <laughs> it's nice to meet you, Bay. Thank you for having me. It's uh, it's also really, really hot in England. Um, I imagine my definition of really hot is somewhat different from your definition of really hot. Um, <laughs> yesterday was the hottest day in UK history, um, which meant it was, about, it was about 32 degrees Celsius here. Wow. So I don't know what that is in your American numbers. but it's it, about 90. Um, 90 -ish. yeah like that was that i think we had 38 somewhere which made it the hottest day in uk history 
Um, so um, yeah, today's been a bit a bit cooler, but um, yeah, for, for us <laughs> British people, this is this is hot. You know, I get a sweat on walking outside. That's uh, that's impressive. So. <laughs> We're actually a little under that, but we're still rising, and our humidity is yeah. out of control right now. So it's, it, yeah, it's going to get nasty here. That Nice. So let's talk a little bit about exorcism to get started here. Actually, we're going to talk about it a lot, because that's what the whole episode is. But <laughs> we have mentioned this, I think, more than probably, I don't know, a half dozen times over past episodes. Pretty much any time we've brought up learning and professional development and, and you know, trying to further skills or any of this because it's a platform I found out about it I think towards the middle of about 2018 I know this because we're going to talk about uh, v1 and v2 here and mm. and I started it right there before the switch because I realized hey it's a lot different now when I went back <laughs> in but uh it it's it, this very cool online platform where if you are interested in coding if it's something you're already doing but you want to either further skills or learn skills in maybe an adjacent programming language. Um, but you can go in there and dig in. It's free, and you sign up for your account and just start doing courses. Um, Aaron, I know you've, you and mm -hmm. I have talked. You've dug into it now, um, so you're yeah. in the Ruby course, right? Yeah, so I actually, I actually used Exorcism, oh man, it was not quite 10 years ago, but it was a while ago. What, when, mm -hmm. what is it, 2013? Probably around around 2013 2014 uh when it was all command line based um mm -hmm. and like you had to you checked out the exercises and then read the readme and everything um and i i did it for a bit i remember doing some like uh like small gene sequencing exercises but i mm -hmm. i just yeah. recently got back into it after we had started talking to you and um i love it i i love what you guys have done with the version 2 and the web interface is awesome the exercises have been great i think i'm like halfway through the Ruby track. I've got a, one or two hard exercises done, a whole bunch of easy nice. and medium ones. Yeah. I've been doing the, the JavaScript course. I really had planned by the time we recorded this episode, my goal was to have the JavaScript course done because I, I'm really excited about getting in and doing mentorship on it. Mm -hmm. But uh, I've been derailed here the last month or so and not <laughs> gotten through it. So I'm, I'm uh, and you know, the, the thing is, it's, it's like the, there's a gamification aspect to it as you start digging through you take the you know one of the core courses and it unlocks all the extra things mm -hmm. and i'm a completionist by nature and so when i start <laughs> seeing other things opening up i feel like compelled to complete yeah. all of these other little side tasks and i don't want to move on until i finish them all mm -hmm. and it's driving me insane when i look in there yeah. and see how many things i have left to do mm -hmm. but yeah so I, I think that's one of the things i enjoy about doing things as well is that sense of wanting to complete things and a lot of programmers i think fall into that completionist category so it's yeah. something we're trying to play on a little bit more so you uh, and, and aaron you mentioned this already uh mm -hmm. exorcism was started by you and katrina owen back in 2013 um my understanding is this originally started kind of as like an in-house tool right to um help groom developers uh at a company yes yeah um, so it was it was actually just Katrina that started it. Um, just Katrina, and yeah, and I joined slightly later as co-founder. Um, well, slightly later, like a few years later. Um, but yeah, so Katrina was working at Turing Turing School, I think, um, which hmm. is a place that takes people who are career changing, and um, she uh, she found that like 
she needed somewhere where the students she was teaching things to could actually just go and practice the things she was talking about um and so built this in-house just to use it but also just like i think put it on the internet for people to use and um yeah it, it totally unintentionally blew up i just learned today <laughs> that katrina owen was the co-author of the 99 bottles book with sandy Metz. Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah, yeah. excellent Excellent. Uh, I think it would probably be applicable for any language, but I know it was written for Ruby. Um, um, version so... 2 came out of that like last week, maybe, in like oh. three other languages. Um, it's nice. in JavaScript and a few others, and there's a alcohol-free version as well. 99 <laughs> bottles of milk, I think, or something. I don't know. Um, so yeah, I, I'll plug that as well. And it's, they've also added some more content, so if you already got the first version, you can get like a discount on the second version. Cool. Um, that, that's very fitting for the show in general. We'll make sure uh, yeah. there's a link in the show notes for that. <laughs> the, 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 the book is, is a very brief summary. It's doing the 99 Bottles of Beer on the Wall song, but in a program form. And it is really surprising how much that feels like actually doing a real like program where you mm -hmm. have to deal with constantly shifting requirements and everything. Um, it, it's great. It's such a great refactoring exercise. Very cool. Um, so with exorcism, uh, what you've got is, so you mentioned it kind of like, you know, it just took off sort of unexpectedly, uh, mm -hmm. which is easy to say in, in hindsight, unexpectedly, but it is a free platform, which mm -hmm. doesn't hurt. Uh, you know, we've looked at, you know, there are many others and we'll bring up a couple of them here in a few, but you know, when one is free and completely accessible, nothing is locked mm -hmm. or gated. Um, I think that appeals to a, a lot of folks. It, the model is, I call it sort of a, a semi-self-guided because mm -hmm. you sort of have access to getting in and digging in, but the mentorship kind of does help you along, though mm -hmm. you can take or leave the advice in many cases. Um, as long as the stuff is passing, you can kind of keep moving along. Um, and the platform now, uh, at last count, over 50 programming languages. Is that still true? Yeah, that's about right. I am so excited to do the assembly what yeah. language ones and we also launched this the, recently it's it's really i'm really stoked um and yeah. the c and c plus plus ones get to do that again yeah 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 there's some hardcore things like that and then mm -hmm. there's like such a range of different languages um mm -hmm. it makes you realize how many different languages there are and it makes you ask yourself why there are so many different programming languages and then of course and i'd probably go on about this later but understanding why there are different programming languages is what makes each mm -hmm. of those programming languages then fun to actually dig into to understand why that's somebody's designed yet another programming language what is what was wrong with all the other ones um <laughs> but that, that's one of the really fun things about it though but yeah a, a great range go and do prologue for example it's fun mm -hmm. i've told people especially you know i've been building websites now for the better part of 20 years 25 years now i have stayed mainly in the front end uh, area over the years, I have dabbled in things like, you know, Visual Basic and some stuff like that, but I've relatively stayed out of the, the software realm. But as I've gone in and out of PHP and JavaScript and Java and some of these languages, you start to learn things like there are a lot of conventions that you can pick up on that mm -hmm. really cross-pollinate between languages. And and after you've gotten to a threshold, it actually becomes... Uh, what what's what's it called? Is it polyglot? Is that the word when mm -hmm. you speak mm -hmm. multiple yeah. languages, uh, like normal languages? You can start to pick up programming languages kind of that same way when you start to yeah. realize these conventions can apply. Um, and so I think that that's a neat model to say, yeah, if you want to get in and see, and, and I know we'll talk about this here in a bit about 
figuring out ways to teach languages in a way that sort of leverages that kind of strength. Mm-hmm. Um, but making those accessible, you know, through the way exorcism does in a very lightweight way of just being like, Hey, I'm just going to start this new track. Just click on it. There's no cost to you. Mm-hmm. There's no, mm-hmm. since you're not paying for it, there's no subscription fee. If you want to just see what a language is like, click it, download it. Yeah. And and that's good because, you know, you, you're, you sort of time is your most valuable asset and you know you get the thing you you get something back for that time and you can choose you know i'm enjoying this i'll put more time into it you learn more it becomes very in your control and then i think because of that you you have a constant intrinsic motivation to carry on with it whereas often when you pay for something you can sort of almost feel a bit more obliged to do it because you've paid for it and then on the back of that, it's like your motivation for then doing it is wrong. And you have all that extrinsic motivation that doesn't mean you then do the best possible job you can. So, yeah, yeah. time is always the most valuable asset to choose where to invest in. User-wise, I mean, you've got a huge user base by this mm-hmm. point. So you've it opened this thing up and started with, you know, Katrina's project, which was open to a few students just to help mm-hmm. them practice exercises. And today you're open up to half a million users now mm-hmm. in there over those 50 tracks, which is incredible unto itself, the scale with which that is is growing. Um, you've got, what is it, about 4,500 mentors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are the folks who are, yeah, and again, talking about time, right, the, the value of time. These are folks who have committed their time to saying it is important to me to help out other people. Um, Aaron and I, I mean, how many times, Aaron, have we talked about the importance of helping out folks who are learning and helping them understand how to do mm-hmm. something and, and you know, differentiating between the right and wrong way to, to figure something out like that? Yeah, you can pick up Google. It's easy to, to go to an article and read how to write a piece of code. It's a mm-hmm. lot harder to sometimes differentiate between the right way and the mm-hmm. wrong way or sometimes a, an efficient way and a more efficient way mm-hmm. is maybe the way to look at it it's it, it's it's you know in the natural language paradigm it's it's relatively easy to pick up a few for example german words i was learning german recently and like mm-hmm. pick up a few german words and a few constructs and be able to you know order a coffee in a coffee shop it's a lot harder to come <laughs> across sounding like you're a native speaker and hold a conversation with somebody right and mm-hmm. you know you can always google how to translate something you know on your app when you're in another country but to be able to really embed all of that knowledge and those you know la- natural language paradigms to speak fluently to sound native um and that's really what we try and we, we try and teach fluency exorcism that's what it's about um is, is that fluency yeah what about like your competitors out there? Because there are plenty of other places people can go to to learn coding online. Whether that's Treehouse, Code Academy, Code Wars is one that mm-hmm. uh, I want to talk about here in a second. But how you know how from your seat, Jeremy, do you think you fit into that sort of power struggle between exorcism and some of these other folks who are playing in that same space? Um, that's a good question. So I think like firstly, exorcism's a not-for-profit organization. So I don't at all feel like I'm in a power struggle with anyone. Like I never go and look at other websites and think, how do we beat these people? Because our aim is just that people get better at programming. Um, so mm-hmm. if somebody can go and learn Treehouse or Code Academy and don't need exorcism, you know, that that's great. I'm glad that they're learning what they need. Where I see exorcism fitting in is a few different ways. Um, one, as you, you know, you said, everything is free. Everything is unlocked. Um, so for people who can't afford things like Code Academy and Treehouse, which makes up the mm. majority of the world's population, 
um, you know, we we're at a good space for that. I think um, if you're learning programming, right now Xism isn't the best place to go, like if you're starting out from scratch. But mm-hmm. if you're trying to pick up a second language mm-hmm. or you've done six months of programming and you want to go deeper into your language, um, I don't think things like Treehouse or Code Academy are going to particularly upskill you in those ways like they might teach you how to write in a slightly different i know say you're doing ruby they might teach you how to also write in rails or they might teach you some of the frameworks or some other things but they're not trying to get you to go deeper and deeper and deeper um i think mm. where exism really thrives is is in our uh mentorship model um, so within exism you 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 get an exercise you work on it you you get given a test suite you make the test pass so you've solved the exercise um, but then you can give it to a mentor and they'll look at your code and they'll make suggestions on how um, how your code can be improved, how it can be more idiomatic, which is a word that we, we use a lot, how to um, how to use that language in the way it was supposed to be written, mm. um, uh, which is what we consider fluency to be, is you're fluent in a language if you understand the idioms of that language and can use those idioms. Um, and so... What that helps you do is if you're learning, say, JavaScript, it helps you write JavaScript like a professional JavaScript developer would write JavaScript, not like a Ruby developer who's just gone and learned a bit of JavaScript. Um, and so um, I think a really big part of the space that, that we feel is in that um, going deep into a programming language, really understanding um, as we talked about a little bit earlier, like why that programming language exists, what is it that makes JavaScript JavaScript or makes Ruby Ruby, and helps you really think in that way. Um, um, we're not, you know, we're not trying to boost your CV by putting a course on it, and we're not trying to um, get you a, your next job. I think Exism definitely helps with both of those things, but at the same time, we, you know, you will enjoy Exism the most if you're passionate about the language that you're trying to learn and passionate about learning. And I think then on the flip side, there's also the opportunity for anyone to be a mentor. And if you think you learn a lot from doing the student side of things, you'll learn 10 times more for mentoring. Like it still blows my mind how many different ways there are to solve any given exercise on exorcism. So the most basic exercise on any track is called TUFA. And in most languages, you can solve it in one to three lines of code. I mean, it's a really, really trivial um, trivial exercise. It has a bit of string interpolation where you're just adding two or three strings together effectively. Um, and it, it has a, a method call or a function call that has an optional parameter. And so it's a couple of relatively basic concepts. But if you look at any given language i mean i can speak i can speak to say ruby and python as two examples that i've looked at recently out of the last 500 solutions to those 350 of them will be unique um even though the solution is one one to three lines long yeah so um, and as a mentor do you mean mean unique like like fundamentally unique or just like a couple letters different so i mean out of 500 um the 150 of them will have already shown up so there are 350 okay. entirely unique things if you normalize for white space and variable names um you get about 250 uniques so really um there are yeah so there are 250 unique ways that somebody has managed to solve two foot in ruby out of the last 500 and that that holds okay. for any language so but with, <laughs> with those I, I i'm asking because i've do, i've done this exercise and i know like it is yeah. a simple one just as you described it I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around 
around this. And so in those 200 are like, if you could estimate like how many of those 200 are people who are intentionally trying to do it as weirdly as possible. Very like, or is it just like, really? So they're making earnest attempts to do it effectively. And... Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's when you realize there are six or seven legitimate ways that people manage to just define the method in Ruby. Um, huh. And like, then, you know, the ways that you can have a... So there, there are basic two functions. One is this optional parameter, and you can solve that mm -hmm. by having an optional parameter or having a premature return on an if statement or having an if statement that returns two different strings or loads of different ways like that. And then just the way that people okay. manage to add the three strings together. Um, so I guess in that exercise, there were probably like... Uh, four yeah probably four different like units of that exercise like optional parameter string right um concatenation defining the method defining the class and if you there are maybe 10 different ways that people do each of those say and then the the, the cross section of those means that you can find 250 right. unique out of 500 um so then when you scale on any other exercise so if you then scale onto an exercise that has five lines of code to solve not three lines of code um suddenly you're increasing the complexity by an order of magnitude or two and so when you get to an exercise i don't know like uh, bob's a good example so bob is solved in 30 lines and, and the bob exercise is this um it's a, a teenager and the, the input is oh, you say yeah. something to this teenager and the teenager yeah, says something one. back it's it's one of my favorite exercises and it's a again it's a pretty simple exercise you know if 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 you if uh you write something in um block capitals sorry so you get a phrase which is like um yeah you would say you would say something in block capitals and the response would be like stop shouting something like that or right. you know there's a you you finish it with an exclamation like, whatever mark man. it's like whoa chill out man <laughs> yeah exactly um and so and that that you know maybe 20 lines of code in ruby maybe 15 lines of code in ruby i doubt if you looked at the last 10,000 solutions you'd find two that were the same um Amazing. so yeah and this is where it gets really interesting because actually what you think about is if you were on a uh, most other sites where they give you an exercise and then if you solve it you 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 feel like you've won like actually none of the skill in exorcisms exercises is actually solving the exercises all of the interest all of the skill is understanding why you've made the decisions to solve it in the way you've solved it and how those compare to how somebody really experienced in that programming language would choose to solve it what those trade-offs are what those decisions are and then as you start to think about why you made the decisions you made and why different people make the decisions they make um suddenly everything becomes very interesting. I'm, I'm looking at the Bob, I'm looking at my solution for Bob and I'm looking at others from the community solutions. Mm -hmm. And it's it's amazing, you're exactly right. There are so many different ways and um, some of these are, are really clever. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> I don't fun. have it's any really more words fun. than that. It's just, it's really neat. Yeah, like that gets into this idea of how exorcism itself facilitates the learning process. The mm -hmm. solution gallery itself is one of those tools that um, on more than one occasion, I like diving into mm -hmm. that solution gallery to mm -hmm. see how I'm going about it versus how other people have gone about it and comparing those, you know, the methodologies to figure out how can I improve what I've done 
Um, mm-hmm. What processes can I take and, and look at to you know make my code more efficient? I it's you can say it's easy to write code that works. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. you know there's always a million ways, especially as these uh, these exercises get more complex. There are tons of different ways to go about it. You, are you using constructors? Are you making classes? Are you just using mm-hmm. lots and lots of if statements? Like you can make things work a lot of different ways. So depending on how you go about that. Mm-hmm. So this goes back to, you know, how good you are with the language, right? Because whether or not you can write something that works versus write something that actually is efficient and looks the mm-hmm. way it is supposed to look, if you are mm-hmm. good and fluent in that language, that's the difference maker. Exactly. My favorite, the what happened for me um, and something that I have not since deployed in actual production code at, at my job I got into, I think it was the matrix um, exercise Mm -hmm. and Mm. got into an exchange with the mentor on that um, because I had written in there that, and this goes, you know, the mentors are the other part of this, you know, learning facilitation. I had written a solution that I knew worked. I passed Mm -hmm. all the tests. I had code that output the thing it was supposed to output, but I knew in the back of my head that what I had written was not as simple as it could be. But mm. I simply didn't know the better way to go about it. I didn't know how to mm. find the better way. So I mm-hmm. left a code comment. Mm-hmm. And I literally said in my code comment, hey, this works, but I'm pretty sure there's a more efficient way. <laughs> you know, feel free to point me in a direction. And that was the moment I learned about spread operators. My okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd never used a spread operator in JavaScript mm-hmm. before, and it was like a whole other world at mm-hmm. that point opened up. And and yeah the way I could go about using that with map and, and then spreading out mm-hmm. arrays. And I was like, oh, this makes some of this other stuff make a whole lot more sense now. Yeah, 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 yeah. And now I've reduced five lines of code to one. Yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. That It was that help that got me over that hump. And this is the interesting thing is that, I mean, you don't know what you don't know. And it, right. there's not mm-hmm. a way to Google for that bit of information. You can't Google for my solution doesn't feel as good as it could do something like <laughs> Like, exactly. um, yeah. not yet. I'm sure at some point Google will get that good. But, um, but, but, but yeah, this is, and, and this is where I think having that, you know, it is like code review. It's like you put in, it's like you're working for a company with some of the best developers in the world and you put a, you know, a pull request in with some code and they give you feedback and then you learn all of this stuff. Um, and that's what, you know, we sort of try and be is, is almost this like crowdsourced code review facility where the aim mm-hmm. is on how can we how can we help everybody upskill? Yeah, code review is something. And, you know, this I, I didn't write anything about that in the show notes. And I now that you've used the words, I should have, because one thing I've written a lot of PHP over the years and especially <laughs> for WordPress, I've written themes, I've written plugins, I, I've written code that will never see the light of day. Um and one of those uh, one of those things I've always struggled with is kind of that need to sort of validate the code. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of ways to write code that works in WordPress. There's also a lot of ways to write really bad code that works <laughs> in WordPress. And there have been many times I've looked at something I've been like, man, I'd really like to get somebody to like mm. review this for me. And there aren't <laughs> a lot of good places outside of like throwing something up on Reddit and just hoping nice. somebody is friendly and and does you a solid on it. So getting people used to that process of what it actually feels like to get code review Mm -hmm. um, is something that's 
nice because when you do get into a professional setting, if you're a junior developer, um, even if you're a mid developer who's just not used to it, um, mm-hmm. you know, there are a lot of companies who don't do code review of any kind. Um, and so if you go to work at a company where that is something they do, it can be a very new process and getting used to that, that feeling of somebody else critiquing your code and your code styles and, and the way you're approaching problems. Um, I I imagine the vast majority of, sorry, I I imagine the vast majority of people don't work at companies where there is code review. And I imagine, you know, a lot of people go through their whole career with actually nobody to give them any guidance or feedback and their only option is to go on like you know training courses their companies put on or try and read some more blogs or whatever and Mm -hmm. i think and so i think having the opportunity to have somebody um commenting and teaching you and opening your eyes to things that you don't know is um you know is a ridiculously special opportunity and it it makes you better right like any feedback you get in a workspace and even you know take code out of the process learning how to take critique um, in any job is i think incredibly important and will only make you better at what you do Um, because there are and i think in in coding in particular i think people sometimes get a little protective Mm -hmm. uh, especially because so many people are Mm self-taught and so they they get that feeling of i i can't be wrong because I taught myself that. And if yeah. I was wrong, then everything was wrong. Or I can't be wrong because then I would look bad and that isn't a nice feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I think um, I haven't used the mentor feature yet, although I, I kind of want to now because it sounds really cool. <laughs> um, but I the, the two couple things that I've learned from using things like this is one of them was I remember a, a long time ago when I was using both Exorcism and Code Wars, I remember learning um, about the partition Ruby method and had never seen that before. And it was, I, I learned it by looking at a community solution on, on a Code Wars thing. But even working through the ones here on Exorcism, um, I, I regularly look through, like I try to, in my job, I don't do code golf. Like I try to make myself readable and maintainable. Mm-hmm. But on exercises like this, like all bets are off. I want to make it the mm-hmm. shortest possible Ruby statement. <laughs> yeah. Because that like, that that's how I like to I find by doing it that way I have to really think tightly and mm-hmm. really f- like be focused on my solution and not be sloppy about it. Yeah. Um so I get to dive into the API a lot, but I one of my favorite ones that I did so far um there were well, there's two. The one of them was doing the sieve of Eratosthenes or Sosthenes. I'm not Greek. <laughs> um, I I I did that in high school in a programming class, and I'd forgotten about it. And then, but this one says like you have to do it specifically using this algorithm to to think to you mm-hmm. know do it. And so I had to like go and look at Wikipedia and like read up on how other people have solved algorithms for that. And that was great. Like I got to learn like some new stuff about mm-hmm. some math, and um, it was, it was a lot of fun. And the other one was the bookstore problem. And I put the link in the in the guest channel. I actually wrote a blog post about my process of working through oh, that nice. because that is a devious fucker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The, the short of it, the blog post is much longer, but the short of it is you have like you have a bookstore that has five different books and the person buying the books gets a discount based on how much, how many of that five book set they purchase. Mm-hmm. And on its own, that seems 
relatively easy to solve, but the 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 gotcha is that like, oh yeah, if they buy a larger set of books, you want to recombine them in a way that produces the most optimal arrangement for a discount. That was tricky. <laughs> I, I think overall it took me like about six hours to solve it, but it was a lot of fun. And I, uh, even though it was really challenging, like I, I, I liked having to think about optimization algorithms because I frequently don't have to do that in my job. Yeah. And if you want to read about his, uh, his solution to that, we'll have a link to that blog post in the show notes for anybody who wants to see and, and critique Aaron and mentor Aaron <laughs> and his solution to the, yeah, please uh, do. I'm, just, I, I'm yeah, not looking I, through all of your solutions and X's and working out if only that I can mentor you. <laughs> <laughs> I found a couple of points. So, <laughs> nice. Nice. Awesome. The, uh, awesome. One of the real cool things about exorcism that uh, I think makes it stand apart from some of the other ones is, is the uh, CLI, the command line mm -hmm. the interface mm -hmm. tool that you guys have. This is, a super neat way of sort of introducing folks to the process of working through a command line to begin with. If you are starting out and trying to get familiar with that process, whether that's, you know, if you've never used Git before NPM or some of that, um, getting exorcism installed so that you can use the command line. It lets you check out the exercises, run their test suite, all of that's baked in. And so you just install that command line suite and then you can run your tests check, make sure everything works right, upload that back to the system. It then checks it into your account and then, you know, assigns uh, or, you know, flags it for uh, having somebody mentor it or check it or, or what have you. Um, but it it's a good, very sort of low impact introduction to using command line, um, which can be very nice if you aren't used to that, if you aren't used to using Git. Um, I think the whole process itself works nicely when you get used to uh, using that in combination with setting up a repo for yourself on mm -hmm. GitHub and then upload all your exercises to your own GitHub repo and store them there. You don't have to, but it's mm -hmm. nice to. Then you have your own record of all of your solutions and everything you've done there. Um, I want to get, though, to the meat and potatoes of this uh, to talk about. So we've you started in 2013 with V1. In 2018, mm -hmm. you guys launched V2 and are in, you know, now sort of the the golden hour of what V2 is, is uh -huh. and will be. And you said at the start of the show, you'd mentioned that V3 is on the way-ish. Mm -hmm. um, maybe Q4 of this year, maybe early next maybe. year. Do you have, yep. is, is that a brave statement to even throw out there at this point? <laughs> so um, that's a good question. Um, so I think it, it, it'll be worth... done when it's done, right? It, I mean, yeah, hey, that's so genuinely that's the first thing. I mean, I think it's worth pointing out a couple of things. Um, so one, exorcism is primarily made by volunteers. Um, so mm. we have one full-time employee. Then we have, I'm a volunteer. Um, other people, like the other people who are in the leadership team are volunteers and finding time outside of the other things that we have to do. Um uh, so all of the every language track has its own team of maintainers that write the exercises for the languages. Um, so V3 is changing in a few ways, um, but the, the ones that are pertinent to the question of when it launches is um, the work that needs to get done. And, and for that, there are two things. One, we're writing um, a whole new set of language-specific exercises. So every track is, I think, I mean, I can't remember the number, but probably like 30 or 40 new exercises per track that are being written to showcase uh, hmm. specific features of that language. 
And so they'll take you from how to do strings in Ruby all the way to like how to do really weird Ruby things in Ruby. Um, and then along the way, they'll be sort of unlocking all of the exercises that are currently in, in, V2, in V2 of X. Mm. There's obviously a big piece of work there to write 30 or 40 exercises per language. Um, so we've got a, a wonderful team of 150 volunteers working on this. Um, if you're listening to this and you would like to help out, please do. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, that side of things will be ready when it's ready. We had a, um, a first sort of hackathon day on it a couple of weeks back, which was really fun. Um, there's that side. And then also we are we, we have a load of tooling now that's track-specific. So um, one of those things, for example, is a test runner. So this specifically runs the tests of any solution that is submitted. Um, that is a challenging thing in itself because obviously you're in doing that you're running code that somebody has arbitrarily submitted to you on the internet which is not something you necessarily want to do for your AWS bill um, so what could possibly heaps, go wrong there are heaps <laughs> of challenges in that um, but you know that requires every track to write their own test runner um, but we then also have automated mentoring for each language that is specifically written in each language as well um, so we've got tooling for that that's been written a very long-winded answer as i have a tendency to do to a simple question <laughs> of when will this launch um which is um my hope was two months ago um my new hope is um new year's eve my sort of end backstop worst case date is like the end of q1 next year but i hope it won't be that late you you mentioned something there, and and uh, you alluded to this at the start of the show too about uh, the automation process and mentorship. Mm -hmm. So you're you're working hard there to also kind of automate some of that process on the front end side of some of those uh, initial um, uh, exercises, right? So that people can mm -hmm. get in and out of those sort of foundational exercises in a much more streamlined fashion, so that they aren't held up getting to the sort of meat and potatoes exercises right yeah so um so currently we have already have some of this on v2 um at the moment it's sort of semi-visible to users um so we discussed earlier like tufa this first exercise on nearly every track in a good percentage of tracks now that's a hundred percent a solved problem for us so every solution that you submit to ruby pretty much will either mm -hmm. um well will will get automated feedback now at the moment um that automated feedback if it's um congratulations this is like a perfectly acceptable solution that's pretty idiomatic there might be one or two tiny things we'll tell the user that so you'll receive automated feedback from Exism. Um, if it's negative feedback, so i.e. this, there are lots of things that you could improve or whatever, that gets sent directly to the mentor and the mentor can then pretty much copy and paste that to the student with a bit of their own sort of personality attached to it. Um, so we've automated um, a year's worth of mentor's time so far. Um, so what I mean by that is... Um, um, the amount of time it would have taken mentors to give feedback on some of these early exercises that we've saved has been a year in the last sort of six to nine months so we're quite pleased with that which has obviously meant the the, the response time on all of the other stuff that mentors are doing instead has halved. Oh, well, i never know whether the response time is oh. halved or doubled it's got twice as fast um so <laughs> uh yeah so 
but for v3 the aim is that these new concept exercises that i'm talking about the, the 40 exercises per track that are track specific we're aiming to have like 99 percent automated coverage on those so for any solution that you submit you will get some level of automated feedback from us and this is a really interesting technical problem because as i said at the beginning every solution pretty much is unique even to the most basic of exercises so there's there's two interesting things that we do here um one is that every time um, a mentor gives feedback on an ex on a submission if somebody else ever submits the same submission we can automatically reuse that feedback um so oh. if, if cool. two people so we said like normalizing for white space and variable names and that sort of stuff so um we're rolling we've rolled that functionality in and that's one of the bits of tooling that all the tracks are building that they normalize every solution for those things but it means that if two people submit the same ruby solution slightly different white space slightly different variable names we can ignore that and still give the the same feedback and just sort of change the variable names when we refer to them in that feedback so that that means that rather than waiting for a mentor and a mentor having to give the same sort of feedback over and over again if it's something we've seen before then the mentor never has to give the same piece of feedback twice and then over time we just take all of those submissions that people are doing and can just automate rules about the one of the areas and there's a video that you did and we're going to have that linked in the show notes mm -hmm. too uh, where you talk about a lot of this as well so if anybody wants to hear another uh, another take on some of this that'll all be listed there um you emphasized the difference between the process of learning and practicing and how that's going to be folded into some of these new exercises what's the angle that you guys are looking at taking there for some of these yeah so all of these new exercises are focused on learning um, and that's sort of the, the 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 difference. So every exercise is being designed to teach a program, well, a language concept. So I don't know. There might be an exercise, as I said earlier, on like strings um, and how you use strings in this language. And that will be focusing on how strings are different in JavaScript to Ruby. So you'll be learning not just this is strings because we're sort of targeted at programmers um but this is how strings work in this language um all the way down to more complex things like this is what a block is in ruby and this is how to use yield and this is how you can do metaprogramming in ruby and this is etc etc so each of these new languages is being designed to teach one maybe two very rarely three of these individual language concepts um whereas at the moment we've got these practice exercises which are sort of cute little toy problems in which you might sort of serendipitously use a few different programming ideas the mentoring mode is going to change as well so at the moment you get mentoring on the sort of core of exercises in v2 we're flipping that entirely so there's going to be no mentoring on that core on those core learning exercises in v3 all of the mentoring in v3's concept exercises will be automated or not at all um, and that's because the, the exercises are designed to teach that concept so just by getting the tests passing you will have had to have used that concept and you'll have to have thought about that concept um, and then so there's no sort of slowdown waiting for a mentor um, which is one of the big problems on exism at the moment is sometimes you can get stuck waiting a few days for a mentor which can be super frustrating um i know so that feeling <laughs> yeah exactly everyone everyone does um uh, and there's no one more frustrated than the mentors who turn up to see like 500 new exercises that need mentor mentoring oh my God. um <laughs> so um 
So yeah, you'll have the learning process that you can work through entirely at your own pace. You'll be able to then go and solve the practice exercises. And then you'll be able to request mentoring on those practice exercises. And we will be we'll be proactively asking students to say why they want mentoring or, or what they want mentoring on. So you can say, hey, this just feels a bit wrong to me. This feels like there's a better way of doing this, a little a bit a little bit like you said earlier with the matrix example. Um you could also say like this particular line, like I know I could do it this way, but I don't understand why this is better than that or whatever it is. And sort of trying to get the student to proactively be engaging with the mentor about what they want to learn from this exercise, where they feel a learning gap might be. Um, or just saying like, is there anything here that could be better? You know, I feel like this is good, but I also feel like I don't know what I don't know. Um, so that sort of learning and practice division is going to become a, a lot harder. Let's talk too about how this changes, not just for the people who are taking the classes or not classes, but exercises and, and mm -hmm. going through the learning process, but also you're changing a lot for the mentors themselves to make that process better so that they aren't coming in and seeing huge lists of, you know, mm -hmm. uh, of uh, exercises to dig through and, and that process. What can they look forward to in terms of, or like, so for instance, I'm real excited about getting through my uh, my JavaScript uh, track so that I can get into that that mentorship process. Mm -hmm. What would I expect to see then in V3? Because it'll probably be V3 before I'm done at this point. <laughs> um, what what will that process look like for for folks who are entering mentorship in V3? So it's a great question. So I think as well, like one of the things that especially some of the existing mentors worry about is that by introducing more of the automation and by taking the mentoring away from the learning things that we sort of are making mentoring more of a, uh, a secondary element to V3. Um, and, and that's not the case at all. Like um, what we're trying to do is move the mentoring to the place where the students are most receptive to it and where they can learn the most. And one of the big frustrations that occur with Nexism is if you're a student and you've been waiting a month for like well, months maybe too long you've probably given up but i don't know five days for a mentor to come along um when you then get that mentor often you just want the mentor to approve your exercise so you can move on to the next one because at the moment you have to wait for a mentor to approve it and that's like a real frustration pain point which means rather than the students being there to learn absolutely as much as they can from the exercise and like drip every single sort of drip of learning they can get out of it they just want to move on as quickly as possible which is then really frustrating for a mentor who's given their time and actually often the mentors are just acting as like the gatekeepers between um, a student being able to carry on rather than like the person trying to give oh. hints and give tips and so what we're trying to get to is a point where the mentor and the students um uh, are more aligned in their aims so the students there in that mentoring session because they really want to learn something and because we're trying to make their questions more proactive up front as well that means that often they'll be telling a mentor what they want to learn which is then more helpful for a mentor rather than just being given a wall of code and not knowing if what particular they're supposed to be helping with also things like more of this automation to give them um give them hints on where they might want to point a student to um so there's a load of things like that. We're also um, building in a reputation system into V3, which is similar to um, sort of Stack Overflow's reputation system. So mm. the more that you do to help Exism and to contribute to Exism, whether that's building exercises, whether it's building tooling or whether it's mentoring, um, 
will be giving you reputation, awarding you reputation as you do that. Um, that then is something that is like your badge of honor, if you like, on the site. It appears next to your name. Um, it means that you, if you have higher reputation, will will move higher up the mentoring queues. So you're more likely to get mentoring faster yourself. So the more you give, the the more you get. Um, we're also going to be introducing an exorcism shop um, with swag that you can get. Um, and a load of stuff becomes unlocked the more you do. So the more you mentor, the more things you get unlocked. We're also trying to work out if we how we price that and do other things with that. It might be that you, you get things a lot cheaper as well if you've got more reputation. Um, you're trying to work all those things out but yeah so there's sort of some more mm-hmm. int- extrinsic gamification stuff for mentors that we're adding in there um just to make it feel a bit more fun and a little less all about a mentor just choosing to volunteer their time to effectively work through a queue man that's uh a great to hear and b it's it really sounds like you guys have sort of a laser focus on the values that the platform itself really wants to focus in on um before we go to break here, I do have one actual uh, last question that is probably the most important question. Um, out of all of them, what's your favorite programming language? Ah, um, so, I, I mean, I program in Ruby um, professionally nowadays. Um, uh, <laughs> Same. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I've, I've been, I mean, I, I've been using Ruby since like Rails came out in i guess like 2005 was it i can't remember some some nice. time along a long time ago now um so um yeah I, i've uh and I, I love it so i guess that 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 is my my favorite um i also um my my degree um my undergrad degree was in ai artificial intelligence um and back in the day there was a uh things like prologue were explored heavily for that and yeah. i really loved programming in, in prologue um it's just fun and different and interesting um i've also recently discovered slightly more of a love for javascript so after mm. many years of of not liking javascript because of um <laughs> i guess how it had evolved without necessarily design or purpose um it seems to me that whoever <laughs> the magic people behind javascript are have now really added a lot of like a lot of structure and a lot of thought into how to like make it into a you know a really modern um a really modern programming language that 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 has it feels more like it's got a clear paradigm and clear things in there um and so i've sort of uh i've had to really unlearn everything i've ever known about javascript in order to be able to go through and and feel like i can actually program properly in javascript and i feel like i'm still early on that journey but for the first time in you know, I've, I've been programming JavaScript for a long time, like getting on for, I don't know, 28 years or something. Um, but it, it feels like the first time I don't just feel like I'm flailing around with my arms randomly hoping to hit something. <laughs> and I'm actually like designing something up front and it's working. Well, if anybody wants to learn CoffeeScript or Prologue, they're both, they both have tracks over at Exercise. We have tracks. Yeah, definitely. All right, folks. Hold on for just one minute. We're going to take a break and here are some some words from our sponsors, but really it's a word from me for our sponsors, but you get the, the gist and then we will be right back. It's so meta. The Drunken UX Podcast is brought to you by our friends at New Cloud. 
NuCloud is an industry-leading interactive map provider who has been building location-based solutions for organizations for a decade. Are you trying to find a simple solution to provide your users with an interactive map of your school, city, or business? Well, NuCloud's interactive map platform gives you the power to make and edit a custom interactive map in just minutes. They have a team of professional cartographers who specialize in map illustrations of many different styles and are ready to design an artistic rendering to fit your exact needs. One map serves all of your users' devices with responsive maps that are designed to scale and blend in seamlessly with your existing website. To request a demonstration or to view their portfolio, visit them online at newcloud.com slash drunkenux. That's nucloud.com slash drunkenux. Jeremy, thanks for coming across the seas for us, across the oceans, across the the mountain blues. No, that's you, not you, really didn't, that you didn't have to come to North America to talk. We could have done this over the internet, you know. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, I know, but it's it's such a beautiful place. Why would I not? <laughs> Go ahead and uh, take the microphone away from us for a couple minutes here and tell folks where they can find you, what you got going on, or anything else you want them to know. Awesome, thank you. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you to all of our listeners for listening. Um, so yeah, my, my two worlds right now are exorcism, which is what we've been talking about. Um, the thing I always say is we love people to come and help. Exorcism is built by the community for the community. Our aim is to um, help each other be the best possible programmers we can be. Um, we focus hard on inclusivity and welcoming people. Um, and we try and have the most sort of diverse group of people building exorcism that we can to try and then help the most amount of people out the end. So, um, whatever your background, whoever you are, you'll find a, a, a welcome home at Exorcism. Um, we're always looking for mentors. You can just sign up and, and get started. Um, we encourage people to do at least a few exercises first, so you get a feel for how Exorcism works, but you don't need to complete everything. Um, we're also right now on this big push for V3. Um, if you'd like to help out with that, especially in writing some new exercises, if you've got any background in education especially, even if you you don't consider yourself to be the best programmer in the world, but maybe you're good at explaining things or good at teaching things, then we could really do with your um, expertise. You can email me at jeremy at or pretty much anything exism.io and choose your favorite at. Um, will get to me. Um, we have a big GitHub organization. We have 250 different repositories that make up Exism. Um, so feel free to jump onto github.com slash Exism and just have a nose around. Um, my other world is Kaido, um, kaido.org, which is a startup that I am building with some lovely people, which is trying to help companies take better care of their employees. Um, we are Huh. Uh, relatively successful with big companies um, we have some uh, lots of big companies Google at the moment I hope by the time this comes out will have started doing some stuff with us look after their employees as well um, but we're really trying to push to small businesses right now and to understand the needs and the the challenges that small businesses have so if you work for a business any size but especially small businesses I would love to hear from you about how you would like your employees to look after you more um, it's really helpful for us to understand that. And if you're an employer, be it just a manager in a company or you run a company, um, I would also love to chat to you about that and to understand how you might want to take better care of the physical and the mental well-being of your team and build their health and well-being into your company culture. You can email me 
again at jeremyaxism.io or maybe more pertinently at jeremyaxido.org um, and I'd love to chat to you about those things as well. Um, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, I'm ihid everywhere. That's I-H-I-D, um, everywhere online. Um, but you can find me at twitter.com slash ihid, although I'm on a sort of permanent sabbatical because social media is bad for my soul. Um, but I'm also the person <laughs> that um, I'm also the person that tends to be the one tweeting out at Exism's Twitter as well, which is I think uh, Exism IO or Exism underscore IO. Um, you might have to find yeah, it underscore. And I think underscore IO. Thank you. Yeah, Twitter will try and say I think you meant exorcism, and you have to explain to Twitter that no, you've really <laughs> done a look at exorcism accounts. Um, we, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, um, I mean, the website itself, exorcism.air, is free. Come, um, join in, just try it, see what you like, um, try the command line, and keep your um, keep your ears open for when we launch V3. We'll be making a song and a dance about it. We don't advertise anywhere. Um, we've grown to half a million people just by word of mouth, um, and that seems to be working quite well for us. So the other thing I'd say is if you do like exorcism and you enjoy it and you find it useful, Please tell all your friends and your colleagues and encourage them as well because um, we rely on you all to do that. Personally, I always recommend, whenever people are looking for like practice resources, I, exorcism is always one of the things I recommend. Um, depending on their level of skill, I, I recommend mm -hmm. other tools as well, but it's it's really great. I, like, I'm not being paid by Jeremy in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. I thank legitimately like, really love this tool. Well, thank you for I really appreciate it. it. No, and the, the final thing I would, I would say as well is that we've been working with some researchers in Chicago um, and we're doing some some research into how people, how the, the programming languages that people think about and use um, affect the way that they program and the way they learn new languages. Um, it's an interesting project. I'm hoping that we can publish some interesting stuff on it and help um, push the science of programming education forward um, and they're also helping us um, they've been funding uh, our uh, employee and, uh, and us to help us with stuff so um, we've got a website research.exism.ia um, where you can go in and you can just do a few programming exercises and they're all sort of 15 minutes to 30 minutes you can try them in a few different languages um, and we're going to be then getting some people to throw some data science and artificial intelligence and just general hashtag science at, uh, at your code to understand a little bit more about how you program and we have a survey there for you to fill in as well so if you want to help us out that's a really um, hopefully fun way for you to give us some interesting data to work with as well um, so that's research.exism.io but that's it um, I hope you find Exism useful cool. thank you if you use it thank you if you contribute or you mentor as well you're all wonderful people and thank you for having me on the podcast thank you come tell us your uh share us your exorcism like profiles let, let us see like yeah. what what you've yeah, done with definitely. exorcism there's gotta be yeah yeah um you can you can share it with us on twitter or facebook.com slash drunken ux and on instagram.com slash drunken ux podcast i guess if you were to share it it would be tagging us in a picture maybe you don't share it with its instagram but connect with us there <laughs> and then uh, come tell us about it. That's probably the best place. You should get on drunkenyux.com slash discord and come tell us about your exorcism experiences. Definitely. Uh, I, would I also love to like hear to learn. As, yeah, we also love to learn. So if you've got um, bad experiences or frustrating experiences, you'll always have a sympathetic ear here as well. So feel free to tell me your <laughs> bad experiences so we can learn from them. Although I do know a million <laughs> things that are wrong that we're trying to fix. But yeah. <laughs> that, that is, I think, how we actually originally connected, was I was 
griping about exorcism and, and being stuck in a mentor queue, and, <laughs> yeah. and you replied to me directly. Yeah, um, exactly, 100%. That, and Jeremy was doing, uh, he, he was living the advice I give you each and every episode when we get to this point in the show, which was <laughs> keep your personas close, but your users closer. Bye-bye. Yes. Thanks, Theo.